Well, we're uh, back in a series that we did back in 2008, and for numerous reasons, mostly prompting of the Lord, we're back in this series entitled Tough Times Don't Last. Everybody say, Tough Times Don't Last. Some of you may, may want to dispute that, but hang, with, hang on with me, and uh, we'll get through some things. On Wednesday night, we're uh, doing a year-long series, so to speak, called Real Life. I want to encourage you to come out and be with us on Wednesday. I'll be teaching this Wednesday something that uh, will actually deals with all of you. It actually speaks to about one-third of your whole lifetime, and I'm calling it Good Night. And uh, multi-billion dollar industry is just trying to help people to sleep. And the scripture says much about our rest, our peace, uh, our sleep. Our, his protection and so forth. And we're going to be uh, getting into that on Wednesday night. So really would encourage you to come out and be with us on Wednesday night. Real life. Good night. And uh, don't go to sleep because I said good night. Some of you, it's uh, oh, good. You know, it's your signal. Tough times don't last. But they can. Now, there will always be tough times. Okay, as long as we're earth side. There will be tough times, but no winter lasts forever. Every spring takes its turn. Everything is about uh, seasons. There's a beginning, there's an end for these things. And there will always be challenges, problems in the earth. We looked at a number of scriptures last week, but um, they do not last forever. Storms come, storms go. And as I opened up with, I said, tough times don't last, but they can. And they can if you're uninformed, misinformed, uh, if you're doing things in the wrong way, if you lack the strength, that could really that could really cause something that you're going through to actually last longer than than really it should. You with me? How many of you suppose that probably in your life at some point you've probably prolonged some agony in in, in your own life? Um, I was watching a television show the other night and i'm not promoting the show but i sure got a kick out of it uh with my son gabriel he's my 11 year old and it's called wipeout have any of y'all seen seen wipeout Uh, i'll show you a little clip in a minute but um i was watching this and i really the people going through this maze this obstacle course and the it bumps you and throws you and spins you and then if if you do it all right and get through there you can win fifty thousand bucks something like that and so I watched this guy, a goofy guy, and he, he, he somehow made it all through, and he won 50000 bucks. He's jumping up and down. I, I tried to call him to let him know about our impact campaign, and the lines were busy. I couldn't get through. But, but there's others. You watch them, and going through all of these things, you know what it's like? Tough times. And they repeatedly would go back through the same thing, make the same mistake, you know, and so forth. But uh, anyway, I really saw kind of a parallel. Uh, go ahead and roll that if you would, and we'll just kind of look at this. This is, this is from the show. John, why does everybody still look up instead of... Oh! My friend, even for our non-Olympic contestants, pinball's a tricky game, especially when you're the ball. Bring it on. Can't touch this. I mean, you know, we can learn by what, uh, learn from watching others too, you know. But 
we must make sure that we're not uninformed, misinformed, ill-equipped, lacking strength, um, so that we can get through what we need to. Um, Part of it has to do with what we read in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. It says, my people are destroyed. Why? For lack of knowledge. There's something about this lack of knowledge. In John 8, 32, it says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Free is a far cry from being destroyed. In Proverbs 24, verse 5, it says, a wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. Now, let me back up on something here. What we've talked about is the tough times and the problems that we have in life. Uh, what we need to understand is the, the problem is not so much the issue. Strength is the issue. And we'll give you some scripture for that in a moment. But I want you to notice here that a man of knowledge increases strength. There are things that we can come to know that will actually impact our strength. And we're going to need strength to get through tough times and challenges in life. Bob your head, do something. All right, make make sure you're here. All right, very good. Now, in Proverbs 24, verse 10, it says, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Leave that verse up just for a moment, Terry. If you faint in the day of adversity... Your strength is small. So the adversity is not so much the issue. Strength is the issue. If you have plenty of strength, then you won't faint. You won't cave in. You won't quit during that time of adversity. But in the day of adversity, you'll faint if your strength is small. In the Message Bible, it puts it this way. If you fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't much to you in the first place. Ouch. So if you have the strength, no problem. If you need to open something, lift something, move something, endure something, and you have the strength, no problem. But if you don't have the strength, then we do have a problem. Amen. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, we find the Apostle Paul, and I won't go into all the background, but because of the plan of God for the distribution of the gospel and so forth, Paul is arrested this is part of his free ticket to Rome, uh, and which is very strategic in Christianity being propelled forward. But Paul here is, has been arrested. There's a lengthy, complicated process of trial. And this is what is called his first defense. And let's read what Paul says here. He said, at my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged to them. He says, I I forgive them. But the Lord stood with me. The Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Remember, strength is the issue. So that the message, the purpose, might be preached fully through me. And that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. I want you to notice that Paul said, no one showed up. There was no support, family, friends, anybody else. Everybody bailed on me. But he said, the Lord stood with me. The Lord stood with me. Here's the truth. The Lord has been in heaven for decades. The resurrected Jesus has already left the earth. But but Paul said, the Lord stood with me. In some supernatural way, the Lord stood with him. Let me just ask you, have you ever been through something and then you realized... The Lord was with me. Have you ever been through an emergency, a tragedy, a trauma or whatever? And you realize, you know what? The Lord was with me. 
Uh, have you been in a situation, and I mean in the moment, you realize, you know what? God's with me. God's with me. And we need to realize that beyond just the promise that is so awesome that he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm with you always. Thank God for that. But this is a little something extra here. He said, the Lord stood with me and the Lord did what? He strengthened him. Literally in the Greek, it means he put strength into him. Guess where he put that strength? On the inside. Guess where you need the strength? On the inside. We have pressure and problems on the outside. Have you felt those? I'll ask these people over here. Have you felt those pressures and problems? It's on the outside. Let me ask you this. Have you ever felt this before? I I feel like I'm caving in. I just feel like I'm crumpling up like a can. I just, this is too much. I'm collapsing. Have you, have you ever felt that? Pay attention to that because that's an indicator. That's an indicator that the pressure on the outside is greater than the strength that's on the inside. We can't control the pressure on the outside. We can't control that. But you know what? We can pay attention to the strength that's on the inside. And it says that he strengthened him and he put strength into him. In 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2 verse 1, it says, So you, my son, be strong. Look at this. Be strong. Where? Strengthened where? Strengthened inwardly. Watch this. In the grace. Everybody say grace. Good and loud. Grace. We're going to come back to that. In the grace, the spiritual blessing that is to be found only in Christ Jesus. So we've got to know what grace is, where it works, what it does, where do we get it from. Because it's grace that has brought us this far. And it's grace that will get us all the way through. So what grace does, it strengthens us on the inside. And as it strengthens us on the inside, it helps us to meet the pressure of our problems, our tough times that are on the outside. You've probably been through things before that weren't the worst things you've ever been through. You've actually handled worse things better. Have you ever done that? I've handled worse things better than this. But you're compromised in some way. Feeling a little graceless, maybe you're disobedient, negative, got a bad attitude, whatever, unforgiveness. And you know what? You crumple up a whole lot more easy. And we'll talk more about that later. But right now, what we need to major on is we want a life that is graceful. We want to have and need to have the grace of God. Because I'm going to tell you, folks, we can't we can't do this. We can't make this. We can't get through this without grace. You can make a vow, a decision, a commitment. You can grit your teeth. But no matter how hard you try, no matter how determined you are, sincere you are, you can never overcome the world, the devil, the flesh, and tough times without the grace of God. Never. Now listen again. Because I want you to get this. You can make a vow, a commitment. You can work hard. This time we're going to do it. New Year's resolution. And you can be so committed and so sincere, but you are never going to be able to overcome the world, the devil, the flesh, and tough times without the grace of God. How has any one of us made it this far? Grace. Have you ever thought it was you though? You know, I work hard. I mean, baloney. Baloney. I talked to a couple last night in the uh, cafe celebrating their two-week wedding anniversary. And then I talked to somebody last night celebrating their 63rd. I talked to somebody this morning, 55. How does anybody 
two weeks, 63 years. How does anybody do it? Grace. How do you come and go from life and work and all those things? Grace. Yeah, I got some real nice letters and uh, things. We just celebrated the 22nd year of the church. You know, man, you're just a man of faith and power and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, if you only knew. <laughs> well, if I have faith like yours and blah, blah, blah. Because I'm telling you the toughest stuff we've done and the biggest things that have happened. I just know it's the grace of God. You just have it's the grace of God. How have you made it this far? Grace. How are you going to make it the rest of the way? It's going to be his grace. Amen. Now, and grace is the personal work of the Holy Spirit. Grace is the primary work of the Holy Spirit. Don't just assign the work of the Holy Spirit to a certain type of service or this or that. Make and, and yes. Part of what he does, but what you need to know, his primary and personal work is on the inside of what he does to give us the grace and give us the wisdom, what we need to get through life. Now, in Second Corinthians chapter 12, and Paul wrote this, he said that the Lord said to him, you ready for this? He said, my grace is sufficient. Everybody say sufficient. Can anybody give me another word for sufficient? Enough, extra credit, whoever that was, enough, good deal. It's enough. Everybody say it's enough. So his grace is enough. It's enough. It's sufficient. It's enough. Let me give you another part of the meaning. It's proportional. Which means this. If you've got a big problem, then you're going to have, you're going to have big grace. He said, well, pastor, I got more problems than you do. Well, good for you because you're going to have, if you handle this right, you're going to have more grace. It's enough. Everybody say, his grace is enough. That's why I can tell you tough times won't last, but you will. If you understand about his grace, and we're going to discover something about grace this morning. It's not something we achieve. It's something we receive. It's called unmerited, undeserved favor. It's spiritual strength and it comes and it strengthens us on the inside and God gives us to it. And boy, we sure need the grace and the grace is enough. His grace is sufficient. Get this. His grace is proportional. So whatever you're going through, that's why I told you last week, don't ever utter out of your own mouth. If one more thing happens, I'm just going to fall apart because I promise you at least one more thing's going to happen. I told you, that's tempting the tempter. He'll go find something. He'll go find somebody to bring the one more thing. But if you'll have the attitude and and cherish and trust this, his grace is enough. This hurts like crazy. This is hard. This is heavy. But his grace is enough. His grace will get me through. If, if our understanding of Christianity and the work of God is only to just make us feel better and keep us happy, then you're a baby. How many of you know we're all babies? Well, for the rest of you, we're all still babies. Some of y'all are bigger babies than others. Ain't it true? People are pointing, giving high fives. I'll go over here for a while. Uh, 
to a baby because a baby just doesn't understand some things. Yeah, I've watched my little grandson get frustrated before and Alicia, Alicia will say, it's because he doesn't have words. He's trying to say something, communicate. Ah! You ever felt that way? Husbands and wives? Employers, employees? Neighbors? What if you just went out to the fence to your neighbor? Ah! And the other thing babies lack is strength. So you know what? For a baby, everything's a big deal. Everything's a big deal. But I want you to know we have his grace. So don't be a baby. Let's, we have his grace. Amen. And his grace is enough. Real quickly. When they engineer a bridge, the engineers have to consider and design three stresses or three loads. They have the dead load. You have the live load. And then you have the wind load. And so this bridge has to have the structure and the strength to be able to, first of all, hold up the dead load. And the dead load is just the ability to hold itself up. I remember as a kid building little things and you'd overbuild. And the thing would fall over, be top heavy, it'd collapse under its own weight. And so the bridge had to be strong enough to handle the dead load, just itself. Secondly, the live load. The live load is all the traffic. It's the little happy man in his dump truck driving across the bridge. It's, it's all the cars and trucks and buses coming and going across the bridge. It's got to be strong enough, get this, strong enough to not only hold itself up, but also hold up the traffic. And then thirdly is the wind load. That's the wind, that's the rain, that's the snow, that's even earthquakes. It's got to be ready so that not only holds itself up and the traffic up, but these storms that you don't know when those are going to be coming. Now look at me. You are that bridge. And you have to have the strength. You've got to be structured. uh, And you are engineered. Stop saying that you're not. You are engineered with the grace of God enough to be able to hold up yourself. I get concerned about people that, that have to lean on so many other things just to hold themselves up. I get concerned because I know that there's also going to be traffic, people, and baggage. And then there's going to be storms in life. But the good news is, with the grace and the help of God, get this, grace does not have a load limit. Grace does not have a load limit. Have you ever seen those little bridges before and, you know, you you going across the bridge and no trucks over this weight allowed and things like that. Have you ever been in an elevator before and it says, you know, maximum occupancy, eight people, 1,200 pounds or whatever. And there's like 20 people and they're all sumo wrestlers, you know, and you're like, I'm going to be stuck in this thing for two weeks. They're going to eat me, you know. But grace does not have a load limit. Let me, and if I can use these words, describe it to you. This, this is the same grace Get this, that absorbs the sins of the whole world. This is the same grace that contains all the promises and provisions of God. That grace is enough for you. I said that grace is enough for you. And that grace is enough for me. Amen. Now, in Romans chapter 16... An important verse here in verse 20. It says, And the God of peace 
will crush Satan. How many of you want to see that one? (laughs) And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Now, let's pay attention to the tense of this, okay? The God of peace will. This is going to happen. It's figurative because we know that he doesn't literally get crushed. But it's very figurative of you're done. You are done, done, and done. And thrown into a bottomless pit that burns forever so that you are well done. Done. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. How many of you know that Satan, that's the worst. He's the worst. So if he, the enemy of our soul, the worst, will shortly be done with. then guess what? All your other stuff, that'll be done too. That'll be done too. And that will happen. Future, that will. And look at the second part of the verse. The grace, there it is again. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Guess what? All the other stuff, including the very worst and the enemy of your soul. And anything less than that that's a problem, shortly, it's going to be done. And in the meantime, in the meantime, the grace, the grace, y'all, the grace of the Lord Jesus is with you. Present tense, we have the grace of God with us. There is grace. Stop saying there isn't. There is grace. And that grace is enough. And that grace strengthens you on the inside. And he's the God of all grace. And we can only find our grace in him. And it is enough. And it has got us this far. And it will get us all the way through the grace of God. Now, How do we get this grace? Well, there's a three-month course. No. (laughs) Do you remember I told you earlier, grace is something we receive. It's not something we achieve. Grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. And grace has a number of aspects. Grace never is just alone. It always works with something. Wherever you find error concerning the teaching of grace, it's because they just isolate grace all by itself. And then you're going to run it into the ground. And there are current teachings out there that take grace too far. But I want you to throw all of that aside. And our question today is, how do I get this grace? Because I need this grace. I've had this grace, but I want to make sure that I have this grace for anything and everything that would come in my life. And it's very simple. You just trust in him and trust him for his grace. And that's it. Now, y'all are wanting me to make it complex. You just trust him and trust him for his grace. You know, there's been battle throughout of all of church history of taking grace and making it too complex. And then somebody trying to bring it back and make it simple. And what we need to understand is it's actually kind of simple. And there's part of me that wants to make it complicated. 
I mean, as a pastor and as a leader, I, I, I want to tell you, you've got to do these things and you better start doing that. And don't you dare miss church and make sure you always tithe. And I want to add all these things that you're supposed to do and things that you're not supposed to do. But listen to me, it's undeserved, it's unearned favor that comes from God. I can't achieve it, I can just receive it. And you can miss it, you can totally miss it. But it's just to simply trust that he's the God of all grace and trust him for his grace and trust that his grace will be there. Grace is about getting what I don't deserve. We don't deserve it. See, there's part of us, and I guess there's still, and I thought I was totally free of this until I was studying this this week. I thought I was totally free of religion and rigidness. But there's still part of me that wants you to do something, behave, get in line so you can get the grace. But it's undeserved. Grace is getting something we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what you did deserve. There was a time where Jesus was teaching and all of a sudden these guys come around and throw a woman down in front of him who was caught in the very act of adultery, which always brings to my mind, well, where's the guy? But they threw her in front of him and I'm going to paraphrase, this is what they said. Let's give her what she deserves. And Jesus said, I'm going to give you what you don't deserve. And he gave her grace and he gave her mercy. There was a prodigal son who ran away with his inheritance and he lived a crazy wild life. And then the money uh, dried up and his friends went away and famine came to the land. And he said, you know what? I've been a fool and I just need to go home. I've made such a mess. I can't even be a son, but I could be a servant. Let me just go back and be a slave in my dad's house. And when he comes back, that was his dialogue. He prepared a little speech to say, I've messed up so much. If you just let me just work here. And dad said... He said, oh, that's true. But he said, let's have a barbecue. Let's throw a party. Because you know what God is excited about? Relationship restored. He knew the guy had done all of this stuff. But what mattered to him was, I want to give you something you don't deserve. And they had a barbecue. And for those of you that are vegetarians, y'all are missing out. Uh, let, Let me just... Listen, if, if God didn't want us to eat animals, he wouldn't have made them taste like meat. That's what I think. Anyway. But grace, some people approach it this way. I should not have done that so I don't get grace. And I need to stop doing this so I can get grace. And then on the other side, there are people saying, I get grace because I do this and am doing this. And can I tell you something? They're both wrong. They're both wrong. Because anytime you take grace and you try to shave something off or add something to, it's no longer grace. It's almost grace. But guess what? That's like something that's almost true. Something that's almost true is not, it's not true. Something that's almost grace is not grace. And what we need is the grace of God. Now, we can short circuit the grace. We, 
And this is me coming back to add some requirements. And we can drain ourselves of the strength that it brings, but we're not talking about that today. We're talking about a grace that will come to you if you just simply, it's undeserved. Just simply trust him, come to him, which is what he wants. He just wants you to come to him. And he can put that grace in your life that will strengthen you on the inside. And it is enough and it is sufficient and it is proportional so that you have a strength that's on the inside of you that's greater than the pressure that's on the outside of you. And it can only be found in Christ Jesus. In Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, it says, so let us, say that's me, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to do what? To help when? In the time of need. It's grace that got us this far. It's grace that will get us home. In 1772, John Newton penned a song. It's the most familiar and famous of all hymns of the church. It's called Amazing Grace. There's six verses to it. And my eyes were drawn, my heart was drawn to the fourth verse this week. And let me just give you the words for this. It says, through many dangers, toils, and snares. What is that? Tough times. I have already come. Tis grace that brought me safe this far. And grace will lead me home. I'm not really a singer, but I want to sing it. And I want you to sing it with me. The words will be on there. Let's just sing this verse. Through many dangers, storms, and I have, is this you? Sing it one more time. Through many dangers, I have already come. Tis grace hath me safe. Say this part. And grace will lead me home. His grace is enough. Did you get anything at all out of this, this message this morning? Thank you, Lord.